0: Da, 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 da.
1: You sound insane. Do you realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. crazy.
2: It's, it's Showtime. Well, we are down one man this week, but the show must go on, and it will go on. Bigger, stronger, faster, as we prepare for Oceans Eight. Hello, and welcome back into the Mad About Movies podcast this week. I am your trusted host for this week kent and i'm joined by a co-host richard hey richard what up man fam how's everyone doing and we've got a third host
1: that some people may know uh from from past episodes such such uh, big time hits as uh batman versus superman episode um the <laughs> justice league episode um anything else Sh- shano
0: Lego Batman, I believe. Oh, yeah. Dark Knight Trilogy
1: episode. Wonder Woman. There we go. So he's our, everyone knows him as Batman Shane. And now uh, we're going to refer to him as Linus Caldwell Shane. (laughs) Um, And so it's it's pretty exciting. Welcome back, Batman Shane, to the show. Hey, thank you guys for having me. It's great to be here. Well, Well, thanks for getting up early with us out there on the West Coast. We appreciate it. Of
2: course, of course. Ocean's uh trilogy the original oceans trilogy actually has a batman in it george clooney so you're, <laughs> any true. movie with a, a batman has to include batman chain <laughs> and uh, yeah. the
0: only reason why i like these yeah. movies
2: is because yeah. yeah. batman is partially in it yeah yep it's uh we're excited to have you on Kilmercast cast later this year too <laughs> can't wait for that uh, we just review mark twain performances
1: yes um yeah no it's it's fired up these are movies that have We've been, I think, a big part of all three of our lives, so it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to talk about them as we as we go into perhaps a new
2: era of these films. I, uh, I agree, and I think it's a series that is prime for rebooting or sequelizing or prequeling or whatever you want to do. Uh, I think these are really fun, and I'm excited to talk about them with you guys. But as Richard alluded to... um. These have been a big part of our lives for a long time. Um, I'm not sure about Brian and, and his thoughts on this. Uh, maybe we'll have to get those next week after when we talk uh, Ocean's 8, in our Ocean's 8 review. But, He's uh, not yeah. allowed
1: to watch heist movies.
2: He's not. Yeah. It's yeah. weird. It's really odd. He uh, must have yeah. some some dark past with a heist gone wrong yeah. or something yeah. in his past.
1: With this, it's a probation issue. I yeah. know that. Yeah. So. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> well... Nonetheless, well, it's all things oceans tonight. Uh, we're going to hold movie news, rumors, rumblings, things like that uh, to next week and uh, dive full into this retrospective um, and uh, talk all this. But, yeah, as Richard alluded and to.
1: Hey, before um, yeah. we get into it, though, we should be – we're never nice to each other when we're not on the show. Uh, but we'll be – and that's a bit that where we always make fun of. But I want to be sure to say uh, Brian had a death in the family, so uh, condolences to he and all the all the gills out there. And uh, we, uh, we love you and uh, we hope that uh, this time brings you peace and our condolences uh, from, from all three of us because that's, that's never fun. And, and now we'll move on to being the sarcastic, horrible monkeys that we are.
2: Well, from two of us. But. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Oceans is a series that I definitely um, remember fondly. I, I think I've seen – I think I saw all of these movies uh, in the theater. Weirdly. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know what, you know, it was 2001 when the first one came out, I think. And yeah. I was eighth grade, maybe, at that, seventh grade. Uh, so I don't you know what. You were a big Soderbergh yeah, fan it at it that was, point. Really, Yeah, it was Videotape. Yeah, I was really yeah. into Don Cheadle and his, like, uh, <laughs> his yeah, uh, his, his one-act things. plays and things like that. It was really kind yeah. of a weird crowd that I was involved with in <laughs> seventh grade. Yeah. But, uh, big Scott Conn guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, part's, that part lingers, bro. <laughs> yeah, I'm still a Scott <laughs> Con guy. Uh, no, um, but you have the shirt. I'm a Scott Con guy. Oh, get it, Con, <laughs> because it's a Con.
1: Oh my god! Can't believe they
2: didn't play that up more in the ads. Scott Con is back for another Con. Oceans con, Thirteen. Um, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's it's so dumb. It's so obvious that it's so dumb. That's probably um, what makes it so funny to us, which is the story of uh, every episode here. But anyway, yeah, this was prime in our youth. Definitely. Um, So I definitely had uh, a big experience with this and and saw them all and and absorbed them all and watched them many times since. And I'm excited to talk about it.
1: I skipped school senior year, maybe junior year of high school to see Ocean's Twelve. Snuck out in the morning. Me and Trey Dennis. Where is the Throwback it. name for you guys. Me and Trey <laughs> wow. Dennis snuck out in his Civic, and uh, he picked me
2: up, and we went and saw Ocean Twelve. Like and a he was never pros. seen again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was your story. It's like, yeah, man, just went in saw Ocean's Twelve, and no one ever saw him again. <laughs> Very odd way to go, um, or an awesome way to go, or an awesome way to go, depending on depending on your perspective. Um, but yeah, Richard, what are your? Um, Memories of this and uh, general impressions of it or, or memories is, of it. This is
1: one of my favorite uh, movie experiences. The first one in that uh, I, I got kind of drugged to it, I think, with my mom. Um, I, you know, I, for some reason, and I was really involved in this is it kind of came out right before I got crazy involved in, in movies coming out and and all of that. But it was kind of that weird era where like we had the Internet, but you couldn't really watch trailers yet. <laughs> you know, it, they, you weren't as bombarded with marketing. And so I had no idea what this was about. I knew it was a remake of an old movie. I thought it was a love story. I was like, okay, yeah, we can go see that. And just like, you know, one of the best movies I've ever seen in the theaters, you know, and walking out and be like, that was so great. And the heist, you know, it was the first time probably I'd ever really seen a heist. Uh, I'd seen heist movies, but where it really pieces together like that, you know, and and, and, and getting it and watching it and all that, because I was probably 14 or 15 uh so then yeah, super psyched for the second one, cut school to see it. And uh I have I have a lot of hot takes on on Ocean's 12. And then uh Ocean's 13, yeah, just like at that point I was I was in my like early to mid 20s so I just like went and saw it with uh with people. So, yeah. A lot of uh became a man, you know, over the course of the these three films and and uh I look forward to the 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 new one. I I like the cast a lot. I I like the concept. It's you know, I'm I'm because of Ghostbusters and because of something like Jason Bourne, you know, you're kind of prepared to be, Ooh, maybe they took a little too much time off and maybe this script doesn't really get it. You know, I'm, I'm like wincing yeah. because of two things like that. Uh, but I would love for this to be awesome. And, and uh, you know, I'm Team Rihanna, so I'm fired up for that.
2: Exactly. Yeah, it has potential to be really fun. Um, yeah. You know, it has potential to be Ocean's Eleven. But also has potential to be Oceans 12 or Oceans 13 or How whatever, you? you know, there's, <laughs> there's various degrees you can go here. I have high hopes. Uh, I, yeah, I agree with you. I like the cast. I like the, um, the premise of the Met yeah. Gala and all that and making it kind of current and celebrity I cameos like the, and all that. I like the
1: fonts. I know it's stupid, but, like, the marketing and everything yeah. is cool. The I fonts. Like the <laughs> the typography is sick. <laughs> yeah. No, but it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah no, know. yeah, the
2: marketing is really good. The poster's go cool and everything. And just the yeah. Oceans, and we'll talk a lot about this, but just the Oceans vibe that Soderbergh kind of established with that. I mean, he obviously played off the original Oceans 11 and uh, the, the tone, but uh, it's just so cool and applied to almost anything. It's just so cool. Uh, you can do a sci-fi movie, you know. Oceans and space, and then just everybody in spaceships, and with that cool music and the fonts and everything, it works on almost anything. It makes everything really cool. There's like a a totally separate, and I'm sure Shane can talk about this, but like I'm sure there's a totally separate uh, process when making these movies. Of okay, first we, now we, yeah, principal photography's done. We got the uh, we got the uh, heist. We got all all everything shot. All right, now let's go make this an oceans movie in the editing bay, right? Like, there's just something about how these things flow and how they're, they're crafted together, and and all the score and everything put together that makes them quintessentially gives you that feeling of these movies that a lot of movies have tried to replicate with very little success, you know? Um,
0: Absolutely, there's there's like a special kinetic energy that right. these movies kind of have, where the the movie just kind of ticks along at such a fast and fun pace. And it does it, it feels effortless as it does it. And I think, you're right, Ken, I think a lot of movies have tried to do it and they just can't quite get there. And I'm not 100% sure if it's, I mean, I think it's a it's a whole uh, combination of things. It's, it's partially the script, it's partially the chemistry of the actors, it's Steven Soderbergh directing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's just something that feels different about these films that other heist films try to do and they just can't quite seem to replicate. It's like when people try to knock off Quentin
1: Tarantino, it's like, you're close, but no. <laughs> yeah. It also helps to have. Uh, I want to make sure I don't miss count here. Four huge movie stars, and then seven other really great actors. I mean, when you have George Clooney and Julia Roberts and uh, uh, Brad Pitt and and Matt Damon, plus uh, the legend Bernie Mac and and Carl uh, Reiner, Carl Reiner and. Carl Reiner and
2: um, uh, uh, part of course. Casey Affleck, Scott
1: Conn, but they're really fun in
2: these, you know. <laughs> yeah. they, they're they're those are, they fun are they're, cool. they're, Scott Conn and Casey Affleck are basically playing Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, right? Yeah. Like, they're, that's just they're from, from Goodwill Hunting, like they're the exact, yeah. There's put him yeah, in this, mo- this, this, uh, universe. I
0: remember um, being so struck by how like many celebrities were in this movie. Like, this kind of felt like the Avengers before the Avengers, like that. It felt like this yeah. giant team up that you never thought you'd ever see,
2: exactly. Yeah. And, Pitt. And There's probably nobody bigger yeah. than Pitt and, and Clooney back in the day, right? Who would that? Who would be the equivalent if they were to do this with, uh, with a, uh, a man cast again? Who would be the equivalent of the uh, the Clooney? I think it would
1: probably and, be like, oh man, who would it be? I feel like almost Damon would
2: be the Bradley Brad Cooper. Yeah, as Brad maybe Pitt down, and Downey Jr. Who's the Who's the Clooney? Uh, maybe Downey. Who's the older? I don't know. Oh, John Hamm. I don't know if he's that. Uh, well, I think it's I think it's Rowie Robert Downey is. the yeah. is the because he's such the Danny big, Ocean.
1: Yeah, I think he's Danny Ocean. I think Matt Damon is probably now the Brad Pitt role. And then there's a Hemsworth or something. That's the Matt Damon, role, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get the get the middle Hemsworth. Not like the not the good Hemsworth, but the middle one. That's yeah. Fine. Yeah. That
1: and also because nice.
0: it's 2018, you're definitely going to see the rock and Kevin Hart in this in the remake as well. If it's an all male <laughs> cast.
1: Jennifer Lawrence is definitely the Julie Roberts part, right? We can mm-hmm. all agree on that. Uh man, try to think who else. And post Malone, just throw him in there for no, uh, no apparent reason. I go George. I go American Treasure George Wallace in the Bernie Mac part. And then maybe there you go. Maybe it gets better, but I do love Bernie in these. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's fantastic in these.
2: Yeah, he. Uh, that that's a really fun role that he brings—the kind of uh, disgruntled former uh, car dealer that's been you know, arrested 50 times for screwing people over, things like that. Uh, oh, and, really and in, the,
1: in the Reuben character in the uh, in the in the Reuben character, I think it's obvious. I think we go Dave Letterman <laughs> as L.A. Right. Yeah, we yeah. give him the L.A. Gould part. We go Dave with, the, with
0: his chest out and like, you know, gold chains and whatnot.
1: Yeah. Or we kind of tweak it. Maybe he's like a Montana cowboy this time instead of like a. <laughs> A uh, casino, you know, uh, a Jewish casino owner. We go like yeah. Montana cowboy, but it's. Th- I think Letterman has earned that. I would love
2: to see that. Let's let's crowd fund that right now.
1: <laughs> we only need five hundred million dollars. Yeah,
2: get that cast together. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, in reference to Oceans Eight and anticipating that, I like how they've set it up where uh, you know they can do Oceans Eight, Nine, and Ten if they ends up, this ends up being a trilogy. Uh, that's really smart um, to think ahead a little bit there. And also I like that they're keeping it grammatically correct with Oceans 8 being the numerical and Oceans 11, 12, and 13 being the uh, word spelled out, I guess. So um, that's a, the attention to detail that you only get from Hollywood. Um, I always think yeah. so hard. If they do 8, 9, and 10, I'm going to be – I'm angry
1: because even though that's cool, I love more Oceans movies, explaining the – it's like Star Wars, explaining the order to your kids. Like, no, you have to watch 11 first. That's the yeah. original
2: one. Then, and then yeah. <laughs> machete <laughs> order of uh, oceans. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's already annoying to me.
2: Yeah, and uh, so apparently, you know, with this new one, Sandra Bullock is Danny Ocean's sister, something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah that's why she, it's Oceans.
2: Yeah, still. so there is a yeah. connection to these. It's not just uh, making and another I, one and calling I won't it. I will say whom,
1: but I have seen months ago, years ago, that some cameos from the original
2: cast are in that. this. So coming. maybe Clooney, maybe Brad Pitt or somebody is in this. Yeah, who,
0: who do we think is the most likely member of Ocean's 11 to make a cameo in this new movie?
1: I would say, I would say Danny. Say,
2: I would say Clooney, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, because he's related to the main character and uh and uh you know, so as all these big stars, these are the mo- at most the Clooney movie. So I think and he's he loves Sandra Bullock. Aren't they really tight? So,
2: mm. I don't know.
1: Yeah. But it would be gravity. I'd be happy to see any of them. Yeah, I'd be happy to see any of them, but the, I will say the name I saw that's in this
2: was not Clooney. So you saw it on the,
1: uh, cast I saw list saw something months ago. Yeah. On something. And, and I was like, Oh, okay. That'll be cool. But
2: yeah, I'm, I, all I know is from that first teaser. I don't even think I saw the second trailer. It seemed like the, a trailer would be really, uh, for one of these kinds of movies, we kind of give away a lot in terms of like how they do the heist and all that. I really like to be surprised on, uh, how they right. reset every time because it's always the same kind of, bit, you know, it's like let's go steal something or let's screw somebody over, but they I like how they refresh it and go about it in a different way. And I liked uh, Soderberg doing this kind of thing with Logan Lucky last year and doing um a scaled down version of this but with, you know, people in North Carolina that are low income, right? Uh and how would they go about this kind of a scenario? So I really enjoyed that as well. And and that had the same kind of energy that this had. And a big part of that uh, Shane and I'm sure you can attest to this too. Is the score? I want to talk a little bit about that because oh, absolutely, um, that's so much more apparent in Oceans Eleven and Thirteen, in my opinion, when I on the rewatch than in Oceans Twelve. And I guess that's a conscious decision. But the, you know, there the um, I guess the most cliche kinds of scenes in these movies are when everybody's standing around and they're plotting out what they're going to do. Right, all of them in the room mm-hmm. and they're all throwing lines out. Um, those scenes are cut together so well, like I said uh, earlier, and the music there gives them so much energy with that jazz music and the drums and bongos or whatever that's going off. Um, but in Ocean's Twelve, they're like, one of the first scenes where they're planning it out. It's just them in a room and it's just complete silence, and they're doing that same thing. And it's like, why isn't this working? Why am I not enjoying what this is right now? And um, so, I, I definitely think uh, in the case of Logan lucky the same guy did the score and they have that same energy so I, I think it really does make a huge difference can you uh comment on that and what what your thoughts are on it?
0: absolutely the score is done by a, a guy named David Holmes and yeah. I, I'm not necessarily super familiar with his other work but you're
2: absolutely it right He hasn't done much um, else honestly or nothing but really it's really yeah successful it's,
0: <laughs> this,
2: <the laughs> yeah it's all been flops except yeah. for these
0: yeah really um yeah, the scores for these movies are are so unique. You're absolutely right with the kind of the bongo drums, and again, I, I think jazz. it's like
2: cool jazz. You know,
0: absolutely, and it's like I think that those are like the secret sauce in the formula that makes these movies, like we talked about earlier, such a kinetic energy. Um, and it's the, the, the scores for these is absolutely fantastic. If you're, even if you're not a fan of just listening to film scores by themselves, I would definitely recommend give any of these film scores, a, uh, just a shot and just listen to them on Spotify or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're absolutely fantastic. And they make even the most ordinary, uh, activities like cooking or whatever, like seem like you're, you know, yeah. part of like an ocean's heist movie. So they're fantastic scores. Kent. You're you absolutely stop right. stop stealing
1: ingredients, uh, from your neighbor's house. Yeah. <laughs> <be something>. <laughs> Dave Holmes, right? Yeah. Last David movie Holmes, he yeah.
2: did was Haywire in 2012. Wow. And oh, he's uh, uh,
1: he was great yeah. on MTV as well.
2: Dave Hol- David. This is David <laughs> Holmes. Yeah. Oh,
1: sorry. <laughs> I thought it was backup uh, Total Revolt. MTV <laughs> News. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Dave Holmes. <laughs> Shouts. Um, so, yeah, I, I rank these movies. Uh, we'll go through them here. But uh, I rank these movies uh, 11, 13, 12. in in order of favorite. Uh, What are you guys ranking? Shane, you go first.
0: Uh, For me, it's 13, 11, 12.
2: Oh, hot take. Cool. That's hot
1: hot take. Scorching hot take. Mine is equally (laughs) hot. Uh, I go 11 first and then 12, 13. I go in in order. Yeah.
0: Cool. So are we all different? Every single person is. Yeah,
2: that is amazing. Defending different movies.
0: What are the chances of that?
2: Um, But all of us have, except for Shane, Oceans 11, so Richard and I, um, yeah. I I just think that Oceans 11 to defend my my case uh, has the most clever heist of them all the they're most great. achievable, the most the least like um, circumstantial and there's so many things that happen in Oceans 13 in regards to uh, um, when, oh when they when the guy that they're sabotaging for the five Diamond award calls the front desk, how does he know they're gonna call? you know, that person's going to pick up or whatever. You know, there's so many little things that happen that they're counting on. And so many things happen at the same time with the dice being switched and the guy sitting down and all, it's just so like outlandish that, um, and they're not really doing it under anyone's nose. It seems like they're doing it way more out in the open. Um, so, And Ocean's Eleven is the first, obviously, and I have to consider that. But I think even if Ocean's Thirteen's plot was the same as Ocean's Eleven, if the plots were flipped, essentially, I think I would still like the plot more. I love the twist at the end with the videotape and the double vaults and all that. I think that was a really clever move, and there's two twists at the end one with the SWAT team and everything in oceans 11 that I really enjoy and every time I rewatch it I forget about one of them you know like I'm like oh that was a cool twist and then you're like oh I forgot about that one you know and it really does uh bring back good memories and makes me appreciate these movies even more so that's why I like oceans 11 that's Richard why is that your number one
1: well well I'll just move on to oceans 12 and then and then shank and defend oceans 13 and then we'll go through a movie by movie how's that sound yeah i have oceans 12 second um here 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 is my case my controversial take take i love oceans 12 a lot of people dislike it um i think you have to do one thing with your brain when you watch it you have to just forget it's a heist movie because the heist is uh inarguably the worst part of the movie because it doesn't really exist right uh but it's endlessly rewatchable because i think it's by far the funniest of the three it's really funny so if you just watch it as a straight comedy and enjoy just the kind of weirdness of it and enjoy europe um it's a i almost find it more rewatchable i find it more rewatchable than 13 because uh while 13 is a better heist um you know you kind of remember the heist but all the little quippy dialogue and stuff in in 12 is great and it has my favorite line in any of these movies when uh julia roberts is pretending to be uh uh I find this a great philosophical question that I use all the time. She's pretending to be Julie Roberts. Julie Roberts' character is pretending to be Julie Roberts and uh, Tess. And uh, she goes, I don't know if I should do this. It just feels wrong. And Matt Damon stops what he's doing and looks at her and goes, like, m- morally? Or... <laughs> and I just think that's one of the funniest lines. <laughs> like, like, the fact that a character would have morals is so confusing to him. Mm-hmm. He's not mad or anything. It's just like, like mor- I just think that's, I use, that, I use that line all the time. Anytime anyone says wrong, this feels wrong uh which is often in my life um yahtzee so anyway um I, I love ocean 12 for that reason i think it's a really i it's it's definitely shoehorned I, I believe the history of that film is that script was not written as an oceans movie and then they kind of pieced it into one uh so there's that but it's so funny brad pitt is unbelievably awesome and movie starish in this um and there's just some great lines and and great uh great character uh kind of improvisations and things like that so i just i love ocean 12 I've, it, i was very disappointed after i saw it and over the last 12 13 years have grown to really love it as a cable movie that's on all the time so that's my defense of oceans 12 and now shane and it, it's my second favorite i like i said i go in order 11 12 13 uh but shane goes 13 11 12 so it is your turn to defend oceans 13 and real quick let me give you a little pacino Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, oh.
0: Um, yeah, I, I mean I definitely think that Oceans Eleven is probably the best made movie of the bunch, but in terms of the, the one that I'm gonna sit down and rewatch over and over, it's always 13. Um, I think for me the misstep well, that Oceans 12 so. the the yeah, the, the reason why I think Oceans 12 was a misstep for me is you know, when you when you knock off a Vegas casino, everybody's kind of on your side because who hasn't lost money in Vegas or whatever. It, when you're, when you're stealing art in Europe, you're just kind of a criminal and it's a little mm. bit less likable than, you know, so when oceans 13 rolls around, what I like about oceans 13 is a, the, the chemistry is so palpable that little glances, little looks, even one, like one word lines between some of the cast members is funny. Cause you just kind of know the history and the backstory. And then also they bring it back to Vegas and they're knocking off a casino but in addition to that, they're not even stealing the money for themselves. They're just trying to essentially wreck Al Pacino's you know, career or whatever. But I think it, in a little bit of contrast to what Richard said, I think that Ocean's 13, at least for me, the quips and some of the funniest lines for me are in the 13th one. Even though I do think 12, I agree with Richard. I think it's kind of uh, unexpectedly funny. I think people forget how funny 12 is. I think 13 for me just has some of the best quips and the best... One one of my favorite scenes in the in thirteen is uh, where Livingston is he's working on the the shuffle machine to rig twenty one, and he's trying to show it to uh, you know Danny and Rusty and uh, Linus, and he's explaining. He goes, "Okay, so in blackjack, the object of the game is is to get twenty one as a score." And Clooney has this beat where he looks up and he looks around at the rest of them like oh my god, is that, the, is that how you play the game? I've, I've been playing it wrong my entire life. It's this sarcastic thing. And then if you watch, Brad Pitt cannot, he's, he's doing his best to not break, so he keeps drinking from his glass because he's clearly chuckling, and he can't hold it together, and that scene just kills me every time. Like, it is such a funny scene for me. Um,
2: what, what is the deal in all three of these movies with uh, Brad Pitt's character um, just eating and wiping? The entire movie, <laughs> like either eating a burger or like wiping his mouth with a napkin in almost every scene of the movie, or eating. There's one where he's on the phone and he's just eating chips as he's like talking into the phone. I don't know if that's a conscious that, thing that they did, but yeah, I but think like,
0: that the joke kind of goes away like in the second in 12 and 13. But I do believe in <laughs> Ocean's Eleven, every single scene, Brad Pitt is eating something yeah, in li- every single <laughs> scene. That
2: little ending, you know, the little epilogue at the end or whatever it is, it's just him standing and. You know, eating a burger in a parking lot or whatever, meeting uh, Clooney or whatever happens at the end. So, yeah, I I just noticed that essentially. I think think that's probably an inside joke or something.
1: Yeah, I think he was coming off... I think he was coming off Troy or something when they made the first one, and he was, like, ridiculously shredded. Mm -hmm. And so the joke was that this guy that's so kind of beautiful and cut from stone is just eating junk food the whole movie. I think that Mm -hmm. was why they did it the first one, because he was just so stupid. Like not believably in good shape uh when they were the first ones they're like we'll just have him eat the whole time that makes it funny like what how could this guy be in this good of shape that he just eats nachos like they're literally planning a heist at one point he's eating like ballpark nachos like where did he even get those yeah Uh, exactly so, so i think that's why they started it and then it like shane said it kind of faded away as it as it went
0: Also in the scene uh, in Ocean's Eleven where they're waiting at the bottom of the stairs for for Julie Roberts, like the first time, I think it's like a funny continuity error where he's – Rusty's eating like a shrimp cocktail, but it keeps changing between a plate and a cocktail glass. So (laughs) I just love the idea that they did so many takes that Brad Pitt was like getting sick on shrimp and they ran out of like cocktail glasses, so they had to move on to plates. (laughs)
2: Um, You know, poor guy. (laughs) There's something – For me, in terms of Oceans 12, there's something oddly meta about it that they go for. They go all in on that meta idea that Julia Roberts can exist in this universe where Julia Roberts is playing a character. And there's just something that doesn't work about that to me. There's just something that they didn't quite get, even though they established in Oceans 11 that this universe exists with celebrities with that awesome scene with with, uh, Topher Grace josh jackson Cooper grace
1: is low-key mvp of all these movies yeah especially the second one when they bring him
2: back in oceans 12 that's pretty amazing <laughs> it's almost like yeah it's it is a bit
1: even work
2: yeah <laughs> um, i love her man i love her hey, steven like soderbergh's her. like yeah. oh let's uh we really need to get the stars of tomorrow so that you know when we reboot this in 10 years we can bring back those people to be the oceans crew you know from that poker game or whatever uh, so it was Topher Grace, Josh Jackson, Shane West, um, Holly Combs. Yeah, shout out. Got to stick together. Holly Combs from Charmed and Barry yeah, Watson. Right. Um, so, and, you know,
0: somebody made the comment on set that day, like, this scene will never age.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I feel like Brian is with me on this. I don't know if you guys do are either. And he's apparently getting great reviews right now. As uh, David Duke in that new uh, Black Klansman Spike Lee movie. But, yeah, the but Spike I think if you run Topher Grace's career back like 10 times, like eight of the times, he's a much bigger star than he is. Like, I, you know what I mean? I feel like he only had a 20% chance of um, not being a pretty big star, and he somehow fell in that because he's pretty great in all his little... I feel like him and... What was the dude from the OC that's in Mr. and Mrs. Smith has that, like, kind of cameo? Br- in Mr. Uh, no. No. So, uh, Oh, uh, Ad- no, uh, I almost said Adrian Brody.
0: That's not his name. Yeah, Adam, um, Adam Brody. Adam yeah. Brody. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's like we had him and Topher Grace, and we were like, we can't have both of you. We can only have one. And they both took a step back. Oh, mm. we should be like, no, no, one of you is fine. Like, I like because <laughs> they're basically the same actor to me. But for some reason, we have neither of them. And they're kind of a fun. Every cameo they're in, like in this, like you said, in the second, he's
2: great in the second oceans. He's so funny in it. Yeah. I totally phoned in that Dennis Quaid movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think if Topher had gotten the Spider-Man role that he was up for yeah, instead of so Tobey Maguire, maybe he would have been a bigger star. Um, but he ended he, up he, coming back and being the, the Venom that nobody liked, and that kind of buried him for a little bit. I think and he would have been a much better Spider-Man. He's fun in stuff like um, Predators. Did you ever see that? Yeah. One of the Predator no, reboots that they did, I he was always, kind of fun in I that.
0: Was that the Marvel Robert Rodriguez
2: one? one? I think so. One, that, one of the ones that was done in the past 10 years. I don't know which one. Uh, I remember him being there, though. But, well, yeah, the no, the one with Adrian Brody in it, all- oddly. The one with Adrian Brody, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep.
1: The confidence he says all reds with in the first one
2: is so funny. Guys, 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 all <laughs> reds.
0: Not a but, doubt uh, in his mind he's
2: won. That's <laughs> a li- it's just so funny. The, I mean, I know Topher Grace was on that 70s show, and that was a CBS show. Like, CBS produced the show and then sold it to Fox or whatever. But uh, every other person in there was on a CW show, and A Walk to Remember was produced by Warner Brothers, and so this was produced tough. by Warner Brothers. So it's very like we need to promote our own guys, and these are the start. Make these people the stars, you know. Uh, the you know credit that was what was big at the time, Dawson's Creek, right. and and all that. But uh, it's just funny looking. Big at the time. That does not age well in terms of throwing back <laughs> to these. And how does it age fifteen years later? That's like I've forgotten about that scene, and it's like eight minutes long of them playing poker with those guys or teaching them poker. But, uh, but yeah, that stuck out in oceans. The one thing that I forget about in that movie, that's a misstep is probably the, the, uh, the decision to do that. But yeah, instead of just saying, Oh, he's teaching people in Hollywood uh, how to play poker. They had that whole thing, but yeah. Go ahead. Speaking of Adrian Brody, by the way, I,
0: I read uh, somewhere once that that's in, in Ocean's Thirteen. You know, Matt Damon wears that ridiculous nose, and they constantly refer to it as the Brody. Apparently, that was just a joke, but they were like, "Who has a big nose,
2: Adrian Brody?" And they
0: just literally that's
2: why they, <laughs> they called just him took Brody. A, they just, just took a photo of him and like uh, modeled the nose, the nose after him. The nose, <laughs> nose plays. plays. Yeah, that that's a funny swerve. Um, yeah, I guess Fuck it's in. Part. Uh, yeah. I guess it's a Notions thirteen where they're like, "All right, so we need who's going to be the high roller?" And then they cut to the private jet, and Damon comes out with the with the uh weird nose, and you're like, "Oh yeah, my gosh, like, this is going to be crazy!" And then it and ends the up being evil, like, ends up being uh the uh, the Chinese guy, <laughs> <laughs> the doctor evil yeah. fancy, yeah.
0: yeah. Mister Wang would like you to know he was yeah. waiting for seven minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's
2: a great swerve, sort of, uh, by Soderbergh.
1: Great um, vintage season out of
2: Ellen Barkin, too.
1: You know, kind of threw it in the Wayback Machine one more one more time. Beautiful. Totally.
2: Yeah. Uh, let's see. There's a lot of stuff uh, in terms of choreographing this stuff that I always am impressed with on just the sheer scale of pulling some of these scenes off and how many little elements you have to shoot. I'm sure Soderbergh just has, you know, flashbacks to that and just how many little oh man we didn't shoot the guy holding the poker chips in the exact moment you know uh there's just so many little things when you're coming when it comes to pulling off a giant heist like this in the third act especially in oceans 13 that it's just the sheer um the sheer scale of of making pulling all this off cinematically is is always impressive that's probably why you don't see more big heist movies and when you do see them it's like hell or high water or something just because there's so much especially with the casino and all you have to do it's impressive and I'll, that's why i'll be very surprised and pleasantly surprised if oceans 8 uh has that same scale to it that you're uh, right though this did. Ken, and and
1: kind of plays off shane's point uh you know it's kind of if you're just a criminal robbing around europe uh the Met gala is a perfect Mm-hmm. Uh, place right where <laughs> no one's going to feel bad if they you know rob uh fashion mavens and stuff like that it's like a casino people that get so everybody jewelry, wants jewelry lent to to so them bad. for the night it's, or whatever yeah. yeah it's it's a good it's a really good mark that if you're trying to get sympathy for the criminals them robbing the met gal is a really smart
2: <laughs> mark for them so i'm i so far on the choices they've made i'm i'm all in on one of the him, one of the scenarios i really enjoy um, I actually do really enjoy the five diamond thing and the sabotaging the guy at the fight and switching him out with Carl Reiner. I think that's a funny bit in 13. And I love the scenario of sending Casey Affleck to Mexico to work in the dice factory. I think all that stuff works perfectly. <laughs> yeah, <start> a revolution, <laughs> Yeah. And then he ends up, sta- ends up like starting a, a strike and revolution with the employees. Yeah. I think that is a, a really smart move uh, with that. And, um, it's really interesting that somebody could go to that length to rig a dice, you know and and I love that and when they're and doing Scott it, con goes down and he gets sucked into it too. <laughs> it's like all right, what bet should we make it? Oh, how about snake eyes so every die in the entire casino is rolling snake eyes apparently or something, or they can choose what they want it to roll on I didn't understand the with the uh how they quite rigged it up, but I knew that they were betting snake eyes in that climactic scene of. Brad Pitt just walks up and randomly puts a million dollars on snake eyes and it hits you know, and then everybody's winning all of a sudden um, yeah I think just when they when they have like the nice. lighters like held out straight over the table and they're clicking with like not making it hidden at all it's funny uh but <laughs> but yeah that um i I love that rigging of the dice and rigging of the machines and and um rigging of the slot machines especially i I really liked that uh plot in uh oceans thirteen as opposed to oceans twelve where it's all right, we're going to lift up this house with hydraulics and then we're going to like shoot a gun with a rope down to, you know, figure out a password of a vault and then steal a tax document. You know, it was a very different kind of heist, but, uh, not, it didn't work for me quite as well as, as some others. But I, I, man, it's risky. You know, they could have just done Ocean 12 and done Ocean's 11 again in a different casino, right? Um, the fact that they even went that direction with Ocean 12 is, uh, is pretty, uh, pretty impressive. It's actually weird, too, because the Oceans movies, if you were to look at the box office, Oceans 11, 183 million. Um, Oceans 12, 125. Oceans 13, 117. So I thought Oceans 13 actually was a rebound movie, and they actually ended up making a little bit more, because Oceans 12 was not as well received critically as uh, the others. So it was actually the opposite. Up.
1: And those aren't really sequel worthy box office numbers, but they have to have been when DVDs were a thing, the most DVD purchased movies of all time, like all up in that, uh, especially the first two, because DVDs were more of a thing. So uh, that's probably why they got sequels, because I'm sure they sold so many in home video. I, yeah, I, man, this Absolutely. is a, one, I'm I'm more, sure right.
2: one of the most rewatchable series oh, ever yeah. of all time. Also,
1: the reason they're in Europe too, the second one's weird because, A, it's an existing script. And B, I believe I think I had this right. And it's kind of funny because you can notice in the haircut and everything um, is that Damon was doing a Bourne movie at the same time. So that's why they're in Europe for the second one instead of a casino. He's filming Bourne mm-hmm. and Linus back to, like every other day, which is really funny because he's like Jack and has the. the born like military crew cut but Mm -hmm. he's then like the dumb rookie on the it's just it makes it funny to funnier to watch but uh yeah i think that's part it was like seems like the second one was really pieced together like we have to have this out next summer so how do we do it um kind of like the arrested season four uh but i I think as a comedy it works so well
2: yeah i like the the notion of them in oceans 13 of going back to benedict for help too that's a really cool scene too. When they uh, the drill breaks down, they need the money for the drill. Who do we know? Still screwing it, yeah. Mm-hmm, but Benedict yeah. trusts them because he knows that they can pull off the heist because he robbed them him already, right? So it's a really cool thing to see that uh, them going to him for help and then them screwing over Al Pacino. Um, it's funny that they made they made his name bank, like really, <laughs> like we're gonna rob a bank in the. In Oceans Thirteen, it couldn't have been more subtle with that, like the bank hotel, right? Willie
1: Bank, okay.
2: Ah, I see. Oh, Whoops. wow, that's really that's 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 deep. That's deep. I like that. Um, the other
0: thing that I love too about bringing uh, Terry Benedict back in, in Oceans Thirteen, right, is that one of the things that I love when you rewatch the movie a couple of times is that you know he insists that they steal the the diamonds or whatever, mm-hmm. and when you watch the film the first time they make it seem like, Oh, they haven't thought about that and they can't do it or kind of whatever. But when you watch it again, every single time the diamonds get brought up, uh Brad Pitt is smiling, his character's smiling, and you realize when you rewatch it, it's because they've definitely already thought about the diamonds and they mm-hmm. already have a plan in place to steal them. Mm-hmm. Um but I just I love rewatching that where you're like, aha, they are like whether they were gonna bring Terry Benedict in or not, they were definitely gonna steal those diamonds, and it works out perfectly at the end, you know. Yeah.
2: And it, it, it's funny because he's like uh he's like, Okay, I'll only do the deal if, if you steal the diamonds. Like, wait, why? Why? Because you know, they were gonna steal them. He goes, Wait, I don't care if, if you give them to me, I just want them to to get stolen. So he gets pissed off. Right. And like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. That's in that case. Yeah.
0: Also great, great scene in that movie at the end where he's like, <laughs> he's on Oprah. and It's just, yeah. you know, Oprah's like you're an angel and he's just struggling to find the words of like, well, you know, the kids, they got to <laughs> you know, like whatever. Like, I did not want to give up my $72 million. Ugh. Yeah.
2: Man. I really enjoyed, uh, Don Cheadle in these two. And, um, I like the character of him playing the tech guy and taking out the power in Oceans Eleven, um, doing this subsonic lift hydraulic thing in Oceans Twelve and in Thirteen, doing the drill to cause the earthquake scenario in the uh, hotel. I like I like his role and um, yeah, I just like that. Who who's your least favorite Oceans crew member? Least necessary. Oh, I would man. say it's probably Elliot Gould, right? least necessary? Ruben. Ruben. least he funds it, Ocean's though, 11. the first one. Yeah, he the first one. Right. But he's just kind of standing around just like
1: Yeah, I know. I don't know.
0: I think the most forgettable member of uh, Ocean's the, of the crew is um, Livingston, the guy. I, well, yeah. yeah. Eddie Livingston Jemison Joe. is his name, but he's yeah. like the yeah, he's like the, the tech guy or whatever. He's yeah. always running the computers or whatever. Very nervous. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. He's crucial but forgettable. It's it's tough. I don't know. Right. Uh, they're all, they're all so, so great. Also, like the adjunct uh, member of it, uh, Eddie Azard's Basil, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that his name? Mm-hmm. He's kind of there like, uh, he's an adjunct professor at the Oceans University.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's. I think, I've always thought stuff. that they, the, in terms of what they bring to the heists, I, th- I think the Affleck, Scott Kahn characters, you could do it w- what they do with one guy. There's no need for two people that's to be true. pulling around a cart everywhere to be. You know, but
1: it's funny when they fight. Yeah, so
2: it, we'll it, it is. It is a good. Um, you're like a, a good little bit, girl. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if it really if you're talking about, OK, when they're recruiting people, they should say to themselves, OK, how necessary is this person? Because we're essentially giving them 20 million of the dollars to be involved <laughs> yeah, in this. It's like if that you're just decide. standing around and you're not essential, you need to get out of here. I hope they yeah, do it's that. It's kind in Ocean's of a very they...
1: socialist organization they have. That the fact that Cooney gets the same cut as a Scott Con is is impressive. It's yeah. kind of uh,
2: <laughs> very progressive. It is. It's like <laughs> wow, there's there, there's unity in this world. We can all just split right down the middle. I I think it'll be funny. Notions Eight, if they like recruit thirteen women and. They they cut you know five of them because they're not essential and <laughs> it ends up being Ocean's Eight. I think that would be a funny uh, swerve too. Um, <laughs> this is this is too many people. Yeah, they, yeah like, Three of them got listen. Go. Like who who's essential? Raise your hand. How are you essential? You don't have to explain like what you're bringing to the table. It's like listen, I I hold the thing for the guy. Like no, get out of here. Uh, that that is um that is a, always an interesting note is how they decide to split the money and give Benedict's a cut. I think eventually or whatever or pay back the interest in double yeah, and, then they, and
1: they're they, just they like donate they donate it to the uh in the third one they donate it to the oprah charity yes yeah he funds their drill or whatever when it
0: breaks in ocean mm-hmm. 13 mm-hmm. so they have to double his investment
1: mm-hmm. and then they they do and donate on his behalf and then he has to go on oprah and say you know that casino business is doing well he <laughs> does
2: that in a really weird way <laughs> and he's fact? like uh <laughs> i need you to pay me back the money you stole from me Plus the thirty-six percent interest, you know, it's like what? They 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 don't debate the uh, the thirty-six percent interest or whatever. The the money that they don't have, they just kind of accept that. Like yeah, well, yeah, this is business, you know. And just, it's gonna it's gonna be interest on a, on any kind of cash transaction. So you know, it's like they don't just pay him back the money they stole. They they abide by the the notion of we have to pay it back plus interest. Uh, that's always a, a funny thing to think about too and he could just be happy with this $100 million, even though he got paid back by the insurance, right? I think mean, that's why he wanted the interest money, right? To pay himself mm-hmm. back. Um, the Night Fox? What do we think of that plot line? Uh, mainly in Ocean's 12, but um, they yeah, bring it back in a 13. it's very
1: disappointing. I mean, it's funny. You know, it's the worst of the kind of adversaries uh, mm-hmm. because he's, he never has a chance. You kind of find that they're, they're playing him the whole time, which is a funny quirk, but it's a letdown after this masterful heist. Uh, in the first one, but I find the heist in the third one while it has its fun points and and the fact that they 're you know damon 's dad is the ultimate cover, and they have uh, marty funkhauser, yeah, Marty the funk man comes in he should have just been marty Marty funkhauser, like <laughs> that would have been incredible Jerry <laughs> good to see you <laughs> hey, George <laughs> Brad hey, yeah, goes he in Danny, would you like to hear a joke <laughs> um <laughs> I, <laughs> P.S. Um, but <laughs> but uh, there's great... But I find the heist a little bit crazy, like making the building shake and the drill. That's why I don't like it as much. Um, seems almost superhuman and all that. So funny. Whereas sure. right? the first heist is... Just, I think, impeccable and really good. And you don't see it coming. You know, you're like, how did they get out? And then, you know, cut to Brad throwing up the uh, SWAT team mask. And you're like, oh my gosh, they were the SWAT team. I mean, I'll never forget that feeling the first time. Yeah. Um, it's you know, like a magic trick. It's literally like really, watching yeah. David Copperfield or something. Yeah. 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 It's so well executed. And then, and like you said, Shane, on all of them, it's super fun. That's what makes them so rewatchable, too, at least a, a few times. Cause you, you go, oh yeah, that means that. Of course, they're setting it up the, to- oh my gosh, yeah, now I get it. Now I fully get it. Um, the second one doesn't have that with the Night Fox because it's just like, oh, by the way, all the stuff you were stealing, we already had, and we were just distracting you, and we had eyes on you the whole time. That's a huge letdown of a heist. Uh, so I, I grant you guys that point. But but man, the second one is is so beautiful too. It's so well shot. You can't beat Soderbergh just like mm-hmm. camera pointing around Europe. There's
2: nothing nothing better than that. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely.
0: I agree. It is a gorgeous looking film for sure.
2: I like something about Ocean's 13 and the fact that it's more of a Robin Hood steal from the rich, give all his money away to everybody, and everybody wins scenario rather than just stealing it and um, the oceans people getting the money. Uh, so I like the fact that, uh, like you said, everybody in the casino wins. But, you know, in terms of being superhuman, the fact that when they shake the casino with the earthquake machine or whatever, they they all have to count on everybody leaving too, right? So they have to shake it multiple times because they're counting on him only getting screwed as if everybody picks up their cash and leaves. So do they all go to the cash out place, So they wind yeah, the up, thing. or yeah, how does that <laughs> like, work? Because can... they all just
1: take their chips and leave, and yeah. it's like he's not gonna honor those chips. Right. He knows he, you're all <laughs> like, exactly. not gonna get any money unless you cash out right now. I always think about that too. By the way, underrated character, maybe the best character in all the movies, is um. Brad Pitt's uh, Earth Earthquake Expert bro, where he dresses like <laughs> Steve Irwin yeah, basically or something. Yeah, he, exactly. the he puts a seismologist so, like, like in his yeah. office thing. <laughs> you want to <laughs> you
0: put yourself to good use? You should hit the table. I don't gamble, not with people's lives, sir. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think I think Rust, Rusty's my favorite character. I think I like him more than Danny and Linus is great, but Rusty is such an awesome character. I wish Brad Pitt would do more. I'm just going to be Brad Pitt and be fun movies and uh, Mm -hmm. you know, less uh, the assassination of Jesse James kind of stuff. But I, I mean, he's a great, he really is a great actor, but gosh, it's fun to be him. Watch him just do it.
2: Yeah. I really like uh, Matt Damon's character Linus too. Uh, So funny. uh, They kind of tried to do that with like with the informant or something like that, trying to do that same kind of Mm, tone for Matt Damon. Yeah. And what was the new, the movie last year that flopped that we saw? Gosh, I forgot the oh, name of uh, it. Oh,
1: the Clooney one.
2: Yeah, or the well, what uh, the Damon?
1: Yeah, the uh the Clooney. Gosh, the terrible one. The Cone <laughs> Brothers script. That, oh, <laughs> I uh, forgot
2: what is yeah. it? Suburbicon. Suburbicon. Gosh, yeah. that was oh, Ugh. yikes. Um, but yeah, he. uh he, They they need to do Linus. They need to bring back Linus in uh, Ocean's Eight. That's that's who I want to see back.
1: <laughs> might get your wish man you might get your wish
2: yeah it is he, also funny just to just to comment on trying to repeat the success or tone of these movies um do we have to mention now you see me right isn't that trying to do what this oh, does absolutely With magicians you yeah know how yeah, many pitches
0: to do the same like puzzle box format right. that these movies have but it just again it just doesn't have the it's the script isn't nearly as smart it
1: just doesn't have the pacing yeah. it's and not it enough just, Woody's. I mean, if maybe and, if you the, get up and the six or seven stupid. Woodies, then sure. But you know, with only one or two Woodies, you're not going to compete with Oceans Eleven.
0: Right? I'll tell you what, man. If they did Oceans 14, that would be who I'd want in it is Woody Harrelson. He would
2: be great. Yeah, I go. Hey? I'm sure Shane one can. Uh, hold on. Uh, I'm oh, sure, sure Shane can attest to the fact that how many pitches in Hollywood are all right. Picture this: Oceans Eleven in the West, right? Oh, <laughs> Oceans Eleven. LA on a college campus you know, it's just yeah, like a... It's, uh, oceans is definitely
0: <laughs> oceans is definitely like up there is one of the top like five
1: oceans 11 you pitch a movie as like with blank Oceans
0: 11 yeah
1: <laughs> it's it's, the, it's like in the tech world it's uber for blank you know it's uber it's netflix for yeah but this is <laughs> in hollywood it's it's oceans 11 on the moon
2: Right. right. They did the, that I'm with a... the one that
0: we're coming off of finally is like, cause it, it feels like that was the top one for like a decade is like pitches is like, we're going to do it dark and gritty and realistic, like the dark night. Like that was just, oh, yeah. that was like the number one thing you heard. It's like, oh, it's going to be a gritty reboot, like the dark night. It's like, all right, all right, let's, <laughs> I get it. I get it. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. That, that, that Dark Knight Captain Planet was a little too
0: violent. <laughs> was. Hey, one thing we should definitely hit on uh, that I love about these movies, and, and they definitely do it in all three of them, is I love that, that they always have like the clever kind of quirky names for the the schemes and the cons they're running. Like the – I think the most famous one is in Ocean's Eleven when they're, they're – him and uh, – R- R- Danny and o- Rusty are at a bar – And he's talking about knocking off the casinos in the beginning, and he's like, "Oh, you're going to need. We're going to have to do a Jim Brown. We're going to have to do a you know a Molly, a this that or whatever." And like, it forces you to go on the internet and like look up what they're talking about. And Mm -hmm. then when you kind of read it, you're like, "Man, these are so clever! Like, who comes up with the like these names and stuff?" Um, But I just, uh, do you guys have any thoughts on that? I just, I always love like, I I remember seeing the movie and then looking them up, like, "Dude, how clever is that? Like the Jim Brown or the this the that, you know?" Yeah.
1: the sum of the greatness of of especially Clooney and Pitt and then it's countered by uh Damon's kind of much more green person is the experience they have and the calmness they have in all situations like oh yeah we're yes. going to have to pull a like the the idea that they have done hundreds of these huge heists before is hilarious and been in jail once <laughs> <You know? laughs> and like it's so funny to me like, yeah, they're just completely calm and no matter what. And if you throw something at them, they've already planned for it three weeks ago and great. And then you have the kind of panicked, equally talented, but less experienced crook and Damon. The, to
2: counterbalance that is really funny. There's also just yes. some really clever, easy setups by Soderbergh here in Ocean's Eleven, where the uh, <laughs> the little dude goes in the vault and he's trying to do the backflip onto the uh, ser- you know, server thing. And his, his hand gets stuck, I think. And they're doing the charge, right? They're trying to blast the door. That whole just build up tension that they build up is uh, yeah. is really easy and clever, and just small things like that that you can add to these movies that a lot of directors don't. Just like those um, those little moments of anticipation that uh, that makes these movies even more energetic. But but yeah, did you check the batteries on that? Of yeah. course, I checked the batteries. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's uh. speaking of the dark night. It's a little bit like that. When um, he blows up the hospital.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah.
2: Um, anything else on these guys? Anything else you noticed? Um, I just on this rewatch, I just really love Carl Reiner. <laughs> what he brings to the table with these and um, always forget about that. And let's see. Um, looking at my notes, looking at my notes. Um, that's all. I guess just upping the stakes from Oceans Eleven to Oceans Thirteen is something I had written down. In terms of, uh, you know, all they had to do in Oceans Eleven is kind of surveil the casino and um, memorize what people do, and then do that. But in Oceans Thirteen, it's the most secure vault of all time. It's got impenetrable glass. It's all these. There's like a list of fifty things that they normally would have done in Oceans Eleven that they can't do in Oceans Thirteen. Just upping the stakes everything uh I really appreciate it. So, any other thoughts uh, Batman Shane on anything here Richard before we uh no. talk Oceans 8 next week? Any no, anticipation I, for that or hopes? I'm Absolutely. Th- I mean, I think Oh, sorry, go ahead Richard.
1: No, you're good Shane. I I'm, I'm
2: okay, excited.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm thoroughly I, when they first announced it, I was super excited cuz I think what makes these movies work is the chemistry of the cast and the cleverness of the scripts. And those aren't necessarily tied to, you know, who's in the cast or especially like, you know, because let's not bring up Ghostbusters again, but everybody got all up in arms about the female cast of Ghostbusters. I think this is a little bit different because as long as you get that chemistry right and from the trailers, it looks like they absolutely nailed it and you get the smart, clever, slick script. I think the Oceans 8 has the potential to be just as good as any of these films. And I, I can't wait
2: for Oceans 8. I'm definitely there opening weekend. Yeah, definitely. It got Gary Ross at the helm this time, not Steven Soderbergh. Yeah, hit or miss.
1: That's definitely lesser than Soderbergh, but he has made some good movies, so it's not like a total. It's not a Letty A type situation.
0: And the other thing too to note um, is, you know, Soderbergh does this thing. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Every year around Christmas, he releases a list. He keeps track of what he watches every single year. Like he doesn't like rank movies or whatever. He just writes down like I saw this movie today. I, I watched this. I watched that. Last year he watched Oceans Eight like eighteen times. So but I guess what I'm saying is he was definitely involved in the editing process and probably the you know kind of making suggestions. So even though he's not at the helm, I definitely feel like you're gonna get a little bit of that Soderbergh feeling because he was help shaping and crafting the film in the edit room.
2: Yeah, I think this will do well. I think it'll be number one next week, and it'll, it'll do well. I hope it's good. Um, the only thing that could really tank it is if it's bad and it's just getting horrible word of mouth. But yeah. uh, I think if it's, uh, if it's well-received critically, I think it'll, it'll do well. And and they've it timed might, it really well. Yeah.
1: What, 10 years plus since the last one? When did Ocean's 13 come out?
2: 2007. 2007,
1: Yeah. Yeah. So perfect. 11 years uh, later. Hey.
0: And also super smart of Warner Brothers. When you think about it, I mean, really oceans eight is the only big release that Warner's has this entire summer. Um, which I think is smart because, you know, Disney is just dominating at the box office from Avengers to solo to, uh, Incredibles. No, one's going to be able to keep up with Disney this summer. So Warner Brothers is saving their bigger releases like the, uh, the, what's the long-winded, the Harry Potter spin-off mm-hmm. or whatever? The good, Fantastic and then, uh, Beast and something. Yeah, and then Aquaman is coming out like later towards the end of the year. So super smart of them to just only release this during the summer and let Disney kind of, you know, dominate uh, for
2: the next couple of months. Seems to be a smart uh, release date. It, you're right in terms of two weeks after Solo, three weeks after Solo, something like that. At that point, mm-hmm. and um, right before Jurassic Park comes out, I think it'll do. It'll do good. I'm anticipating it. So look forward to that episode next week. And um, until then, thank you, Batman Shane, for joining us. Always a pleasure, guys. We'll see you on our next uh, Batman-related episode, I'm sure, which is – what's the next one? You said Aquaman?
0: Aquaman comes out around Christmas, I believe, or maybe it's Thanksgiving. Um, Yeah. So you know, so, but so, uh, yeah. we'll see. I don't know. I've heard, I've heard interesting things. I've heard, you know. I know Richard laughs because I say this every single time. But I've, I've heard from sources who have seen Cuts oh, of yeah. Aquaman that
1: it's good. So that's far. got some good buzz. Cool. I believe. <laughs> I know,
0: I know. I will admit right now, if if I'm wrong, I will publicly eat crow on on the episode. But uh, the, the I'm just buzz
1: I'm,
2: good. The buzz is the buzz good. Is good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bullish. I'm awesome. bullish. Yeah, I hope it's good. It's all you can hope for. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's all you can say. Yeah, just... <laughs> I hope it's good, but you don't know. Okay, thanks so much for joining us again, Shane. Where can we find you online?
0: Uh, on Facebook. Uh, I don't really do a lot of social media stuff, but you can be my friend on Facebook, and a number of uh, Mad About Movies fans have. And uh, it's always nice to to meet new fans and talk to you guys. And I mean, you, your fans, not my fans, but uh, you know, find me on uh, Facebook, and we'll be friends.
1: I'm a fan of you, Shane that's exactly yeah thank you we all got to get we were all together a couple weeks ago at my party absolutely right that was good and brian and myself and producer steven should all have taken a picture
2: mouth. it's almost like it we didn't should. happen if there was no pick you know i know that's true. Like oceans
0: five in that room
1: it was yeah it really was <laughs> steven is our danny though it was so good he's the heist master no no
0: come on he's the livingston
1: be honest <laughs> <laughs> well uh richard where can we find you you can find me on all the social media at uh, Richard Barden. You can find me on uh, MadAboutMoviesPodcast.com sometimes. And we have a newsletter out probably, I don't know, we're we're, we're ramping down the, uh, we feel like we're inundating you guys with newsletters. So we're, we're going about every two months now. So we should have one out in the next uh,
2: week or so. All right. And you can find me online at Kent Garrison. And condolences to Brian. Hope to join him back here next week. And until then, we will see you at the cinema. Goodbye.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you, Pegs. Ha 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 ha! But I don't
1: know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled
0: eggs all over my face. They're making me ya-ya The salad
1: is family They're calling again Mm